Welcome to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into adulthood, and tens of people will listen. <laughs> Joining me today is... Hi, I'm Jackie Sanders. I am a visual artist with an art studio in downtown Raleigh, and I'm excited to be here today talking to you. Uh, we're excited to have you. Let's get into it. Welcome everyone to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about the things they did as kids that they still do today. Uh, with us today is Jackie Sanders, and we're going to talk to her about her passion for art. Uh, so Jackie, tell us real quick, uh, where do you live and what do you do? I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I am primarily a visual artist, but wear multiple hats. Of course, making paintings, but also have a podcast myself, the Level Up Artist podcast, as well as an online community where I mentor and lead other emerging artists to define success for their art business. All right. So let's get into how you got to wear all those hats. Um, so how did you get into art as a kid? I feel like the classic answer of I've always just been creative. Honestly, I didn't think of it seriously as a career path until I was much older, as many people do, going into high school, thinking about colleges, what I wanted to major in. Um, and my parents were always annoyingly supportive, as I put it. They were definitely the opposite of go the quote unquote practical route. I think they knew right. that having seen them grow an architecture firm, my mom did the business side, my dad ah. is the licensed architect. I kind of got the best of both of them from a business networking sense for right. my mom, but then the creative inspiration from my dad. So they were always annoyingly supportive with my art. And even as a kid, let me turn my closet into my very first art studio. I was able to move all of the clothes out of my closet, built wow. a desk in there, put shelves. Um, nice. Looking back, my mom probably just wanted to get all my art projects off of the kitchen table because I had to move them every yeah. night for dinner. <laughs> but it was cool to have like a very first art studio as early as 10 years old. Yeah, well, I can tell you, if the parents see their kid getting into whatever their profession is, they're probably going to go all bonkers to probably to support you. <laughs> <laughs> that exactly. is for sure. I know if my dad had seen me getting into car parts when I was little, I'm sure he would have let me destroyed every automobile we had. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, what kind of teachers did you have growing up that were big influences on you? Ooh, that's a great question. I feel like creative mentors, especially when you're young, are so important. Um, there were definitely through every phase of my creative development, different moments here and there. But I think the first true mentor that I had from a creative sense was my high school professor. Um, right. His name is Jim Coleman. He's absolutely amazing. And I think for him, it really, he instilled in me the artistry of being an artist. And the one yeah. of the biggest takeaways that I remember him saying early on was there's no one technique that he could teach us within a semester of school that will be the most life-changing thing. The life of an artist is you're always working on your craft. You're always ever evolving, yep. but really getting to the core of what art concepts do you want to explore? What's the meaning behind your work? What's your motivation for making artwork outside of school assignments, right? It's really yeah. that pivot yep. point of being told what to make. And he shifted that towards 
what do you feel compelled to make? And really nurturing that aspect in all of us at such a young age, at 15, 16 years old, right. where I'm still honestly unpacking concepts that I started yeah. at this point 15 years ago, which is really, really powerful. Uh, when did you get that aha moment that you're like, you know, I want to do this for a living as a career? Another great question. I mean, I went into college majoring in art. I originally thought I'd be doing graphic design. Um, but after yeah. my first graphic design assignment, I was like, nope, I absolutely nope. hate this. <laughs> You're not um, the first person that I've heard say that. Yeah, because I think it definitely is skewed and presented as, oh, graphic design is the quote unquote practical version of an art yeah. major. But it really is very different. And we had a semester class, our first semester class freshman year, where basically half of the assignments more graphic design focused, and half of them were more traditional studio conceptual focused. And I hated all the graphic design ones, and I loved all the conceptual ones. So I think yeah. that really taught me that. From a career standpoint, I did, I think, go the more practical standpoint. I got my master's in museum studies. Um, so I love the behind the scenes yeah. admin work of it. Um, but from actually selling my work for an income, it wasn't until years after I graduated college was doing the nine to five thing, um, but really felt that depletion of not having a creative practice anymore. Um, and so coming off of a burnout, like after college, working nine to five, I was like, I need yeah. a creative practice in my life. Right. And so that was back in 2018, really starting to make work consistently for myself again, and then now selling it out of my studio. So many phases right. of it, but all my yeah, work I, and interest has always been art related, just a matter of which part of the art industry I was going to focus on. Yeah, I will say a lot of the people I've spoken to always talk about how they couldn't take the nine to five, uh, mm -hmm. whatever they were doing. And so they needed to, to venture out. Uh, yeah. And I do think that is an element, especially with creatives. I mean, I yeah. think it's very possible. I currently do have a full time job in digital marketing as well as a full time job as an artist. Um, both are very flexible, both feed different creative energies for me. Um, so I think it's a matter of also finding the nine to five that also fuels whatever your larger passion is yeah. without draining it too much, right? You want to yeah. find something that maybe that pays mm. X number of bills or fuels X lifestyle, but also allows you the energy and the motivation at the end of the day to keep doing your passion. It's not so draining and so mentally taxing mm. that it deplete you entirely because that's definitely possible yeah I, I think that's something the draining i don't think a lot of people realize about mm -hmm. the what you're what you use to help pay and, and help you live sometimes is too draining um i myself am a public school teacher and i uh, mm. uh the draining part that uh, one was like hit me to my heart that was one of the reasons for for me podcasting uh yeah having to find something creative but the draining Absolutely. part that's for sure and I always tell everyone, like, I am a much better employee at my day job because of my art business, like, because I have that fuel. And I think that's a misconception mm. oftentimes that when you add things to your plate, when you add them to your schedule, it's just going to be more and more draining on your energy. But honestly, there are things that you add to your plate that 
fill up your energy, right? And so it's balancing which things are draining for you. And sometimes you can't get around them, but also what things can you add into your schedule? Whether it's Mm. working out, whether it's a creative passion, whether it's a side (laughs) project that lifts you up. Um, And that's, that was the real distinction that I found. Can you please run for speaker of the house for state of North Carolina? (laughs) They need to hear that thing. That's for sure. I'll do my my best. We'll see. (laughs) Um, What is your, um, what kind of art do you specialize in? So I make abstract geometric paintings, both small scale, as small as two inches up to at this point, three, four feet. Um, Yeah, they look great too. I was, I was scrolling through your gallery. They're really great. Thank you. Yeah. So I have original paintings, also art products that are in a few retail locations as well as my studio. Um, So things from notebooks, window hangings, stickers, things like that. And then also yep. public art. So in going into the world of murals recently, which is a lot of fun. Well, that leads me to my next question. What other mm-hmm. kinds of art do you uh, like to do besides the geometric things? Ooh, I would say from a visual style standpoint, abstract geometric and bold colors has really been a consistent for me over the past 15 years. Um, I've yeah. been oddly consistent with that. Of course, it takes multiple iterations as my work evolves and my style um, fine tunes over the years. I'm getting into sculpture work recently too, which I'm very excited about um, because in addition to geometric lines and bold color, I really like the play of light and shadow within artwork. I think it really Mm -hmm. creates experiences which for me is kind of what art is all about. Like I love the creative process. I love making art. But I think the biggest thing for me is once you make the piece, the creative process isn't over because oftentimes it's those conversations that you get to have with the viewer of the work or that they get to have with the piece that becomes that rich relationship for an experience. And that's for me, one of the biggest rewarding parts are the conversations that are started when experiencing a piece of art. And that's where the real impact of artwork comes in. Uh, that's for sure. All those conversations. Um, mm-hmm. How can people find your uh, studio? Um, I am on all social media platforms at J Sanders Studio, but I also have my public facing studio in downtown Raleigh on Davy Street. Um, all that information is on my website. Um, it's at JacquelineSanders.com. And that's kind of the, yeah, I'll the have mecca that for everyone. Posted too for everyone to find as well. Awesome. Uh, do, you do, co- do you do commissions? I do, yes. So I do commissions both for um, private collectors as well as public art. So, yeah, yeah so if anyone's what about interested. Classes. Yeah, do you, get, do you run any classes out of your studio? Not currently, but I have a few things in the works. So um, if you or any of the listeners are interested in classes, I have some things working right now um, for the late fall and winter of this year that will be announced both on my website, but mainly through my newsletter. That's where the biggest news comes out. Um, I send two to three emails a month about upcoming events. We host a lot of free events at ArtSpace but as well as private workshops and classes. So that'll be on my newsletter. You can sign up on my website. Now, I just saw that you posted on Instagram, I guess yesterday, about a micro gallery. 
Yes, I am. Well, tell so us all about a micro gallery. <laughs> okay, so my micro gallery is the newest project that I'm working on. Um, having gotten my master's in museum studies and exhibition design, um, and growing up looking at my parents' architecture firm, yeah. I've always been really fascinated with community spaces and how art itself is displayed. So I feel like this is kind of that perfect merging of my work as an artist, as well as kind of that admin behind the scenes of the art work world brain that I nurtured for so long um, and bringing the two together. So it's essentially a tiny art gallery. It's a foot by a foot by 16 inches. So it sits right on the table, um, but fully will function as a art gallery. So we'll have rotating exhibitions. We'll have a website um, that talks about all those exhibitions. And I think it really unpacks several things. And so my biggest motivation for starting the micro gallery was one, every time I would think about it, I would just smile and laugh about the idea of this little world being a gallery, right? It's fun. It's playful. And I think, especially because a lot of my work unpack some really heavy emotional themes, although it's very bright and colorful. It was fun bringing something simply fun and playful and joyous back into my creative process, while also nurturing that idea of turning art scraps, art sketches, inspiration images into not just elements that fuel the final painting, but become pieces of art themselves. And I think the gallery will also facilitate some of those conversations. Like, yes, these are tiny paintings. Like the ones I'm working on now are two inches by two inches. But why is this any less of a painting than a 10 foot painting, right? Like I think it's very interesting on how we as a society view um, place value on things, what defines a space, especially in the world of Instagram these days where I follow galleries in New York. I've never been there. I probably will never go there. And so what makes my little gallery any less of a gallery than one in New York that I follow on Instagram? Um, And so I think I'm very excited about it. My current location, I can only display my work because it's in my studio. Um, But I'm excited to, yeah, host a series of exhibitions every month for our first Friday events. And just see where it goes. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I was thinking with the, you know, with the uh, right person who, uh, who's got that niche for the right camera angles, you can turn that tiny uh, micro gallery. It can look into something gigantic, uh, depending oh, yeah. on how you film it. There's been all kinds of uh, films that have used, you know, tiny sets to make it look like you're in a giant forest. Yeah. Uh, and so I absolutely that's love- really interesting stuff. Yeah. And I love marketing just in a, I, that's my day job, but also prior yeah. to that. And so I also see marketing as part of my creative process too. So I'm very excited about kind of hiring a staff for the gallery and the narratives that will play out yeah. and really acting as if this is a full on human scale gallery. Um, so yeah, so definitely stay tuned for that. I'll, yeah. The official Instagram for that is Jackie Sanders underscore micro gallery, but it's also linked on my Instagram. So I'm excited to see how it comes to life. (laughs) Yeah. It's really neat stuff. Uh, So what kind of other things do you offer out of your studio other than uh, your commissions 
and uh, your micro gallery stuff. So in my gallery, you can see the behind the scenes of the creative process, which I as an artist always love seeing the behind the scenes of people's work. Yeah. Um, but in addition to seeing completed paintings of all sizes, art products that are all for sale, you also see those works in progress. So if you come by my gallery on a random Saturday and then two months later come by again, you may see a work in progress from the first time that's graduated to the final wall. Um, and yeah. so that's a huge benefit, I think, to having a public facing studio is being able to not only meet the artists ourselves, but also to see the work come to life and observe the creative process. So I would definitely now, am always open the visitors. Are you the only person in the studio or are there other artists there as well? There are other artists. So my studio is in a larger building called Art Space, which is a larger nonprofit. They have three different art galleries, three different workshop rooms for classes. And then they also have 30 different artist studios. Um, wow. And so basically it's a huge warehouse in downtown Raleigh that they bought back in the 80s where they knew Raleigh's going to be growing. We want to keep the arts at the center of the city. And so they converted right. this old warehouse into artist studios. So basically it's a long hallway. Every room is a different artist gallery. So it's also wow. a great place to bring family, friends when they're visiting because everyone's bound to like something, right? Like if right. you go to a museum on Picasso, you may love Picasso, but if your parents don't, then they're like, okay, this is fine. But at art space, you basically go down the hallway and it's a abstract geometric painter, a jewelry maker, a sculptor, a leather worker. Like each yeah. room is a different style with different artists that all come from different backgrounds. So it's really an amazing creative incubator of sorts right in downtown Raleigh. Yeah, I've never even, I didn't know that was there. That sounds awesome. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And if people are interested, we have, like I said, several free events all throughout the month. Um, we have open hours throughout the week, but the kind of best bang for your buck, I like to say, is our first Friday event, which is the first Friday of every month. We're open yeah. from 6 to 10. There's typically live music, community group performances, and then all of the artists are in their studios because we are all have different hours or in our studios at different yeah. times. So if you want the most bang for your buck, you can come on first Fridays. Oh, that mm -hmm. sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, now, besides being an artist, you also have a podcast, too. I do. Uh, and you've it's a pretty long-running podcast, I would <laughs> say. You've got uh, over 100 episodes out by now. Mm -hmm. how, did your, um, how did that come about? Great question. So, yeah, we've been doing weekly episodes ever since we launched in 2021. Broke 100 this year, which is very exciting. Um, and it's a podcast that is hosted by myself and my wonderful, very talented friend who's also an artist at ArtSpace, Adriana May. So we actually met before we both had studios at ArtSpace. And we met four months before the pandemic. As soon as we met, yeah. we like instantly became best art friends. Like, have you listened to this book? Have you listened to this podcast? How is this painting going? Yeah. Have you thought about this? And really had those amazing conversations that I felt like I needed at the time to fuel my art business, not just as a side hobby or when I had time, but really thinking of it as a business. And so right. during COVID, we started having these weekly phone call check-ins to keep each other accountable for yeah. what are you working on? What's 
questions are you having? What books have you been reading? Um, that really was a lifesaver for both of us. And then we both moved into art space, which was a huge goal for both of us when we first started. And so then being at art space, fielding a lot of questions from emerging artists and other artists that were there um, that would come to our studios, we just kept thinking back to our phone calls when we were so reliant on each other for seeking answers and wanting to kind of give back and share forward all the amazing advice and business lessons that other artists had given to us. And so we launched our podcast. So it's the Level Up Artist podcast. We launched it on May 4th in 2021, Star Wars Day. Um, hey. and, yeah. <laughs> and so we've been doing weekly episodes ever since. Some episodes are just her and I. Some we interview other artists, um, both regionally, statewide, now getting national and international, which is very exciting. Yeah. Everyone from artists to art professionals, curators, gallery owners, authors, to really our overarching idea is conversations with career-minded artists. And one thing that yeah. we ask all of our guests is how do they define success as an artist? Because I think that's one of the biggest things of, as an artist, yeah. there's no rule book on, it's not like you're an engineer and you have to do this class and then get this certification and then do this. You get to do whatever you want, which is very exciting, but very intimidating. <laughs> and so hearing the stories of how other artists are doing it or demystifying that journey, right? Of being a right. full-time artist with a full-time day job. What does that look like? And can you be a quote unquote real artist? Spoiler, yeah. yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a um, lot of fun. So I'd love for everyone to check it out. It's at Level Up Artists. Yeah, it Instagram. is very fun. I listened to a couple episodes. You guys are great. I like the title Level Up uh, Artists is also great as well. You've Thank got you. a little bit of a social media presence as well. How do you like working uh, digitally uh, with uh, with creating art through video for social media? Oh, great question. I absolutely love it. I think I've always been partial to creating social media content. I love right. the seeing that as part of my creative process is sharing it. And I love the tool of social media to do that i think especially yeah, so ingrained with us now too with COVID, i think everybody is uh just generally thinks that's what you do now exactly i think i was just gonna say that with COVID, that especially honed in because i moved into my public facing art studio during COVID, and no one could visit it and at that point yeah. that was the, <laughs> truly such a pivotal moment in my art career and i was just like bursting at the seams with excitement right. I'm like, but i can't tell anyone or show anyone and yeah so that's with like oh well i can make a video and put it on youtube i can share it on instagram um yeah and then also it's also allows people to feel as though they're in the studio with me when i'm painting early in the morning um and bringing them in even though they may have only visited my studio one time you then become part of their day-to-day -day, and they become part of your day-to-day -day of your creative journey, which is yeah. fun having kind of cheerleaders all over the country when they see that yeah. you have a new exhibition up or they see that you started a micro gallery and like, that's so cool when it's one person that visited yeah. your gallery a year and a half ago. I think it's cool yeah. to embrace that option in today's world. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So some fun questions now that everybody likes mm-hmm. to know. Uh, I, so you may have gotten some of these questions already over your time mm-hmm. as an artist. What's the biggest piece of art you've ever created? Ooh, great question. I would say right now it's a piece that was uh, a public piece of art in Garner that was four foot by three foot. Um, Six months from now, I won't be able to say that's my biggest piece. Um, I'm working on a few mural designs for multiple locations that are going to be 10 times that size, which I'm very excited about. Um, So yeah, so right uh, now... Three foot by four you wouldn't be doing a mural in Sanford, North Carolina, would you? I am not. No, this right, one will be our, in downtown Raleigh. <laughs> my my little town, anyway. They've uh, revitalized a lot of their downtown area, mm-hmm. and so now it's. Uh, we had one or two murals go up a couple years ago, but now we've got like uh, over a dozen murals that have been painted on our downtown spaces, and I was like. I wonder if she has done any of those. I, <laughs> I would know. love to, for sure. That's a huge thing recently. There's been a huge influx of public funding um, for yeah. public art, which is incredible. So it's a win-win yes, for everyone. Yes, it is. That's right. Yeah. Um, what uh, What was the most fun piece of art you got to create? Or maybe what's the most fun kind of art for you to work with? Mm. I would probably say my micro gallery right now, um, constructing yeah. it and conceptualizing it. I, that's been the most fun, I think, because it's essentially like a blank canvas for exhibitions to come. Technically, if yeah. you zoom out, it's a curatorial experiment based right. off of a box. That's, I guess yeah, you could yep. call it a sculpture. Um, but yep. that's definitely been my most fun because it's ever evolving and constantly changing. So yeah, it reminds me of those uh, projects you would do in school. You do the little shoebox, and I forget what mm-hmm. they're called or why we the did them. But you create kind of some. Things. Yeah, yeah, we we'll do some of those. Yes, um, love them. Uh, what's uh, the most popular thing that comes out of your studio, or what? What do what do people? buy the most what's the what's the one thing that keeps your studio going the best yeah i would say from a day-to-day standpoint my most popular product are my window hanging color catchers and so this is a product that i developed a few years ago that i wanted a lightweight and super durable alternative to stained glass because i absolutely love stained glass Um, But especially thinking back to when I first graduated college, and I love art, of course, um, but the thought of investing three, four, five hundred dollars in a substantial Mm -hmm. piece of stained glass was like not even a possibility. And understandably, the stained glass artist needs to price their work appropriately. So I fully support that. And there is a market for that. But I wanted to, because it is a very labor intensive process, they need to price it that way. Um, But I wanted to create a lightweight and durable alternative for people, whether you're just considering investing into art for your windows, if you're just out of college, if you're tight on a budget, or you know, hey, I'm going to be moving from apartment to apartment over the next 10 years. I don't want to risk breaking this piece. So I created color catchers, which are UV printed plexiglass. Um, and they're under a hundred dollars, depending on the size. 
And so I wanted to create that. And that's been my most popular kind of first collector piece that many people have. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, now, you've got my interest with those. I missed that uh, when I was looking <laughs> through your stuff. So mm -hmm. is that um, is it something that mounts into your window or is it something that hangs? It actually hangs. So it comes with a rust resistant chain and hooks. So it hangs right onto the chain and then it comes with a suction cup that hangs in the window. Um, so basically creates gotcha. a triangle with the chain at the top. So that way you can also move it from window to window, see which spot in your house gets the best morning sunlight. And that's another reason I love them so much is that I love creating work that makes people just more aware of the spaces that they're in. I think especially yeah. during COVID, a lot of people became more aware of their living spaces and wow, mm -hmm. I don't have any artwork here or just realizing why is my room laid out this way? And so I think having artwork on your windows also <laughs> makes you more aware of, wow, this window gets amazing natural light or wow, this corner of my house really is dark. Maybe I need to brighten it up with something. Um, so just anything that makes people more aware of the moment and the spaces they're in, I call as a huge win when it comes to artwork. Yeah. Now, are they come standard size or do you custom make them to fit someone's space? So they come in two standard sizes. There's a 10 inch and then a four inch. Um, often people that get the four inch pieces, they'll get the whole collection. So it's five different designs. You can hang them yeah. all in a row or on different windows. Um, but I do currently work to do custom as well. So if you have a specific window size, um, or if you want to make a custom design, I have some that companies have given out as corporate awards, whether you want to put an inspirational quote on it for a graduation present. Um, there's one that, yeah, there's a template that I have that you can create custom text, custom phrases that make Great birthday presents, graduation, wedding, housewarming. Yeah, I was thinking it's a good way of, of getting your name out there when you mention corporate gifts and things like that. Exactly. I was thinking my my front door has this um, little window arch, but it's mm -hmm. got like a pie wedges at the top. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, ooh. I, that's ooh. the first thing you thought about that. I was like, ooh, I wonder if she makes those in like pie wedge shapes to put up there. Ooh. I'm sure we can yeah. work something out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, what would be your dream project? Like what would be, what's the one, uh, piece of art or a project you think you might like to someday tackle? Oh man, I haven't thought about that in a while. I feel like I am someone that's very guilty of, it's almost the opposite of procrastination. I feel like I get an idea and I just run a thousand miles a minute on it. So up until like, a month ago, the micro gallery was going to be my dream project. But I think yeah. the other would be, um, I love like tiny house living. And so I would love to yeah. have like a tiny house where I live, but then also like multiple other tiny houses that are art studios, like one's an right. art studio, one's an art gallery. Um, and so I guess that's, a creative project in a way, but more so, yeah. yeah, that I, that creative project of facilitating spaces for other people to be creative is definitely something that's been top of mind for me. Helping to create somebody's own art studios. Yeah. Type yeah. of thing. That's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, people have decorators or they need help. How do I get this mm -hmm. vision to go? That would be a great little, uh, project. That would be a good, um, like, uh, 
TV series, you know. Oh, now you're thinking. Space. See, there you go. Give you me should that Netflix email. Deal. Let's I'm do about it. to say, you can, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, send that to Netflix and I'll take a quarter percent of whatever. Perfect. Sounds good. <laughs> if you could travel anywhere in the world to find some artistic inspiration, where do you think you'd like to go to? Oh, that's another great question. I feel like it's a very broad answer, but I haven't been, honestly, like international, like over to Europe since I was in right. middle school. And so probably just, I mean, very broad Europe. I would love to go to yeah. Italy and Greece are definitely on my list. Um, so yeah, just- Well, with your, with your parents' background and architecture and stuff, now that you're older, since the last time you were- abroad you were younger i bet your mind would cer certainly uh be a little more taken away with what you see over there oh yeah yeah when i was um probably about 12 we went did a family trip to london and it was absolutely amazing i think i was like just old enough to appreciate it um yeah. but of course as you get older you'll appreciate it more and more um and so i'm excited for the day that'll happen yeah <laughs> um, all right. So uh, closing out the podcast, I uh, asked the same six questions to every guest that I have. All right. And they're real easy. They're real easy questions. So just fire out whatever comes to the top of your head. Uh, at this point in your life, what has been the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Oh, I think this sounds super cheesy. I, sw I swear it's the real answer. Like the faces of people when they come into my art studio because yeah. I remember the excitement of coming to art space for the first time. And I was like an art space fan girl and how excited <laughs> and creatively motivated I was every time I would leave there. And so now knowing that I have a space that inspires other artists to have that, right? it's, it's just unmatched. I think it's yeah. feeling their excitement fuels mine. So that's kind of like the best experience ever. Well, if your own space gives you that kind of experience, then you know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> very uh, true. What's your, very true. What's your favorite smell? Oh, favorite smell. I would say like a lavender sage is yeah. my favorite. That's a, a good one. A little flowery, a little earthy. That's my favorite. Uh, what's your favorite sandwich? Favorite sandwich. Okay. Um, probably a like turkey avocado club. I'm not a huge oh, yeah. condiments person. I want it like dry yeah. and crunchy with a little bacon on there. Yeah. So. My daughter would like that sandwich too. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite drink? <laughs> My favorite drink. Oh, man. Probably pre-workout. Um, I'm a huge yeah. athlete as well. Yeah. And so coffee sometimes I doesn't, I don't like depending on throughout the day, but pre-workout always, always serves me well. That yeah. creative energy. Um, yeah, I used to, uh, my wife and I used to CrossFit a lot a long time, before my hip played out anyway, we did. And oh, that pre-workout, nice. man, uh, I tell you what, if you don't get moving <laughs> within a few minutes of chugging that stuff, you start itching, oh, yeah. you got to get going. <laughs> <laughs> um, what makes you happy every time it happens? Oh, that's a tough question. I would say kind of going back to studio visitors, I'm an extrovert for sure. Yeah. And so whenever I have an interaction that I 
you can never expect who's going to come to your studio that day, what they're going to say, what's going to resonate with them. And so I feel like oftentimes when I'm working and maybe like having a tough day, if someone comes in and truly I can feel them being inspired by my work or they tell me about like a pivotal idea or thought or experience that they're having at my space that will instantly like lift my entire mood and make my entire day. So kind of those moments that you don't expect with people that you've never met before. It's a fun serendipity aspect. I thought you would say something like when I pull the blue tape up and I get that crisp line and then I get to throw it into that big pile you've got uh, in your office. The paintball mountain. (laughs) You have done your research. I love it. I, I was going through and looking. Yep. Uh, yeah, that is also could, very satisfying. If people want some nice paint peel videos, go to my yep. Instagram. It's fun. <laughs> if you could um, uh, give advice to yourself when you were a child, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Oh, oh, man. It's so funny because we ask everyone on our podcast that question, and I don't know what my answer oh. would be. <laughs> I would say probably gather as many experiences as possible, but don't be so hard on yourself. I think especially thinking back to like my college self, I was very focused on make every opportunity count, take advantage of every opportunity that's granted to you, which I think was great and has really served me well, but also to maybe chill out a little bit, (laughs) like you're going to be fine. Um, (laughs) which I guess is a double-edged sword because I don't know. So yeah, take advantage of every opportunity that you have, but also slow down a little bit because urgency is great, but you don't have to be so urgent with everything. Yeah. Enjoy your moments. Exactly. All right. And then the last question is just kind of for me, if there is somebody uh, or is there somebody that you know that still does things as an adult, that they did as a kid that you think would be great for the podcast? Oh, absolutely. I would say definitely my co-host of my podcast, Adriana May, if you're willing to have another artist on here. Um, uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, but I'll definitely be sending over any others that I can think of um, because especially being in the creatives field, I feel like that's a typically a common conversation of, yeah. We all start as kids being super creative, yeah, we maybe sure do. lose it for a time, and then people that revisit it in their life. So, yeah. All right. Well, Jackie, it was great to have you on the podcast. If you guys want to meet Jackie in real life, just go uh, go on down to Raleigh, North Carolina. Go to the art. Is it called Art Space? Yes. You have the Art Space building and uh, downtown Raleigh and find her and check out her studio. Um, or you can go online at uh, JacquelineSaunders.com. I think I got that right. Yeah. And uh, and you can check out all the pieces of art she has. Thank you so uh, much remember, for having me. This has been yeah, great. Yeah, you were great to have. I loved it. Remember, folks, find what makes you happy and do it. There's a lot of life out there to live. Take time to enjoy it. And everybody have a good week.